millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wrestling continues to rock and roll forward. I don't know about you, but it's getting me very excited and it's getting me very deep down in my tum-tum. I don't know what that was, but I sat down for ages and went through a dictionary and a thesaurus and I was trying to find some words and all I could come up with was the noise. I don't know why you watch this show either. My name is Simon from What Culture. I do appreciate you tuning in and we just had another episode of Raw and my word were the bing guns on this. So let's figure out whether it gets an up or whether it gets a down. Using this to bring the power, you know the deal. Let's up those downs. Just the most wonderful start to Raw this week. Because we had the New Day and they introduced Big E and everybody was super happy for him. And people were chanting, you deserve it, which he does. It was just lovely. It made me feel lovely. It made me feel nice. I mean, it's just so delicious to have a WWE champion that we can root for. Now, look, I don't want to take anything away from Bobby Lashley because he had one hell of a run. But given that Roman Reigns is on SmackDown going dominant heel, dominant heel, it's awesome that on Raw now we have beloved babyface who I can get behind and go, please, Big E, make sure you hold your championship for the next 78, nine years. So I just appreciate the change. And also, Big E was fantastic here because he came across as believable. And I genuinely think he's over the moon that he is the champ. And he even thanked people from up above. And of course he was referencing Brody Lee. And somebody was kind onions. Of course the New Day were taking on the bloodline tonight. So eventually Roman Reigns and the Usos came out here. And the thunderous reaction to this. Because I'm a strange person. I was shouting on my couch going kill the brand split. Kill the brand split. And then the cops turned up in my house. They were like what are you doing? And I had to explain. And they were like oh I too think that Raw and Smackdown should become one. None of that happened. I'm just in a weird mood. We weren't mucking around either because we were then right into that match. And come on now, let's just call a spade a spade. How the hell was it ever going to be bad? The New Day were doing all right too until Roman got pissed off and just grabbed Kofi Kingston and chucked him into the ring post and the announce table. And I suppose it was because nobody was acknowledging him. If you're now going, wait a minute, Simon, why didn't the referee call for a disqualification? Well, because for some reason in the crazy world of world wrestling entertainment, because the announce table and the ring post exist at ringside, you're allowed to do whatever the hell you want with them until WWE decides to not allow you to, you know the deal, let's just move on. This beat really well though, especially when Kofi Kingston had got back to his feet and did the hot tag to Big E. 
because at the same time Roman Reigns got in there and we weren't mucking around, we weren't playing here, fool. We then had them square off, and I'm sorry, as a massive wrestling nerd, as soon as you're doing one champion versus the next, I'm always gonna get excited. Biggie actually got the upper hand here, even though Jey Uso was on the outside going distraction, distraction, but it didn't work. And we even had an interaction between Roman Reigns and Xavier Woods. This was so fresh, I thought I was about to cut a new track. Really regret saying that, I'm sorry. I could smell shenanigans in the air because again, look who was involved in this. And around about 10 minutes in or whatever the hell it was, Bobby Lashley just went, nah man, I don't want to wait anymore. And he ran to the ring. And my word, did he cause a lot of carnage. Because not only did he take out Big E, but he also took out Kofi Kingston. And once again, the ref was just like, man, I'm having such a good time. I'm going to let it go. And on the down low, I'm actually happy about this. I don't want to see a stupid disqualification. So I don't care as much as I probably should, although none of this worked very well for Xavier Woods because he was all like oh no I don't know what's going on and Roman Reigns gave him the spear and he pinned him for the one two three so it doesn't mean we have to bring down the board because that is the 101st distraction finish on WWE TV this year and I was going to retire it at 100 but my word I said that last week and everyone went no no you can't do it you can't do it so okay we will run this right through till the end of December this is gonna get messy. Another reason this gets a pass too is because afterwards, Bob just lost his freaking mind. Not only did he spear Big E through the barricade, but he also gave one to Roman Reigns. So it was like, man, he may not have the title anymore, but we still have to keep an eye, Rey Mysterio, on one Bobby Lashley. And honestly, the noises I made through this it sounded like I have some serious issues, but this felt like big time Charlie because again, we had Raw and SmackDown coming together. I've already made my point, I'm not gonna make it again. Super happy fun times this, and honestly, WWE, this is now your bar. Don't give me that while they can't do this every week. Of course they can. Be like Sheamus and Cesaro. Bob was also freaking out after this because he went backstage and he found Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville, and he was just like, I hate Roman Reigns and I hate Biggie, and you better do something about it. He then stared at them for around about 32 years, and it got so awkward, much like this would be a little bit awkward. See, you don't like it, do you? I don't know what he was doing. Quit skit with Randy Orton and Riddle next, and you know the deal. Riddle winds up Randy Orton, and Randy Orton gets really mad, although he was a bit like, oh, Matt Riddle, you little so-and-so, because I believe he bought him new headphones. This, however, led to Riddle singing Randy Orton's theme song, and you can just imagine how the Viper felt about that. I enjoyed this much, though, because it allowed me to remember how stupid WWE entrance lyrics are, because do not forget Randy's is... I hear voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. I mean, what the hell does that mean? We then hit our first raw roadblock of the evening. I mean, honestly, I don't even know what we were doing. It was like the people in charge forgot that Raw actually existed last week. But it was Eva Marie versus Dewdrop round three. And even though beforehand, Eva Marie was like, Dewdrop, I hate you, you're the worst thing ever, I'm the greatest, why don't I get more love? Dewdrop then whooped her ass, gave her the crossbody, much like she did seven days ago, and she beat her. Why the flubbins did we do it again? Now surely that has to be it because there's no story here anymore and there was barely any story to begin with and I'm happy for them to be featured on television but my word, you've got to plug something different into my brain. Down. I absolutely know what the narrative is when it comes to Big E though and from nowhere, quite fittingly, Raw then all of a sudden went big time. Because he stormed into Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville's office and he too said, I hate Roman Reigns and I hate Bobby Lashley so why don't we do a triple threat match tonight? I was like, wait a minute, are we actually going to do three of the biggest dudes in WWE, but not advertise it beforehand? And the answer 
was yes. The most important thing about this though is that it was Big E not backing down from a fight because he was super duper mad about what had happened a few minutes ago. And this bodes very well for his run as champion because you've seen the other side of this. Sometimes you get good guys holding the belt and they're like, I don't want to fight anyone. I'm just so scared. And you're like, man, what a loser. Paul Heyman was the guy who got this confirmed too because he also went to our would-be general managers and that's when they got pissed off and said, you know what? That is going to be our main event. Then I realized I don't have to care about metrics, numbers, or anything like that. I can just enjoy it. So I was ready. Orton versus AJ Styles was next, and you were probably like me, and you thought, I swear I've seen this match a lot in 2021. But it's AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. They could probably wrestle on every single Raw until the day that I die, and I'll be able to get something from it. Up. It got some serious time too, and obviously Omos was on the outside doing a bunch of stupid stuff. At one point, he tripped Randy Orton. But because Randy Orton is also a smart baby face, he turned to the ref and he said, ref, you must have seen that, or you must have heard something. Would you get rid of this idiot? So he did. I mean, Omos beat up Riddle before he went, but still he had to go to the bank. AJ then began to work over Orton's legs. I suppose he was going to the calf crusher, but Randy Orton would always fight his way back. And at some point, he was even doing some of Riddle's moves. That does mean they are definitely best friends. And I have now decided, eventually, of course, they are going to break up. But I actually think it may be Riddle turning on Randy. That may actually be pretty good. It was a really cool bit towards the finish where AJ Styles was going to go for the phenomenal forearm. But because he's fought Randy Orton so many times, Randy was like, Haha, I'll, I'll KO you. But AJ stopped and they pointed at each other like that Spider-Man meme. Unfortunately, it didn't really go well for Styles because he got back in the ring, he got DDT'd, and then he did get hit by the RKO, and he lost. So that was somebody ringing me up. I watched the thing. This was absolutely fine, though. In fact, it was good. It will build to their rematch between the two tag teams. Can you believe it? Raw was actually tickled along all right. I was then kind of torn because we had the big match between Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, and given how long they were a team, they probably deserved more than like three minutes. However, Given what they did here and how it turned on my intrigue gland, I'm giving it up. Because as we got to the end, Baszler did indeed look on the Kira Fuda clutch, and no matter what Nia Jax tried to do, she couldn't get her off. So it's a bit like a wasp when you're at lunch, it's going bzz, bzz, bzz. Like, oh man, would you get out of here? But eventually, she did pass out, so Shane and Baszler won. So all of a sudden, I was like, do I dare believe this is going to serve as a platform for something bigger for Shayna Baszler? And I think maybe it will do, my friends. Because afterwards, she was like, oh my gosh, it's my former money, what should I do? Which is a little bit weird. That's like if you rob a bank and you get in a getaway car, you're like, should we drive off? Yeah, you've got to hit the accelerator. But she was in two worlds about whether the hell she should beat the crap out of her. But she picked, let's do it. Because Shayna took Nia Jax's hand and she just stomped away at it as it was on the steel steps. And Nia sold this as if her hand had actually been removed from her body. I mean, she was going, ah, and just screaming at the top of her lungs. And it was also kind of sold like maybe Nia Jax is about to become a good guy, which is actually fine. Because if you go back a few years when she became the champion, we're doing that whole bully storyline. That was all right. So I'm into this. I quite liked it. And I tell you, a few weeks ago, I never thought I'd say that. Raw then just went so random. Imagine last week, I said to you, I have a prediction for what's going to go down in seven days. And Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo are just going to pop back up on your screens and go, yeah, look, I know we were feuding for a little while, but we've now decided to be friends because we actually think we're going to be a good tag team. You would have gone, <laughs> Simon, you bored piece of trash. Stop wasting our time. Well... This fake person I just made up was actually correct. So you do have to give that a down because WWE could reintroduce them and give them a really cool storyline. However, I will say this. They are a tag team and were they really good? Yes. They were also taken on Mansoor and Mustafa Ali who are another great tag team. So that's another yes. 
And by the time this was done, I was like, you know what? I'll take Gaza and Creo. So I'm giving it up. It needed to go longer in order to establish all of this. But I tell you, all four guys must have gone out there like, we'll show them that they should be giving us 10 minutes plus because they absolutely whooped each other's ass. At one point, Ali got thrown into the ring post and you just need to go and watch it. He hurled himself into the thing. I thought he was dead. It also allowed Humberto to apply a dragon sleeper as Angel Garza just drop kicked Ali right in the face. And that looked horrific. And then they pinned them and won. And I don't know who did make the decision to put these two guys together, but they definitely have something. Color me surprised. But we do have to follow it up. Don't do that thing when it's a brand new tour for three weeks and then it absolutely vanishes. And Raw does do that a lot. But I keep everything crossed because as always, I am a positive Pete. We had a carrying cross video after this. You know the deal. Even though he's nothing like a robot, I have decided it would be better if he was a robot. So here's what he said. My name is Carrion Cross, but what are my motives? What are my desires? And what are my ultimate plans? I just want to feel the love of another human being. I want to become a man, but I don't know how to do it. So I will endeavor to find out the human way. May have made some of that up, but again, I do think I've made the character better. Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley then won the women's tag team titles. I mean, what a world we are living in. I bet knots and shots here. Like, damn it, what the hell are we meant to do now? But look, beforehand, they dedicated their match to pediatric cancer. They then went and won the damn thing. I'm sorry, if you want to try and argue with this, I really think you need to find another hobby. Up. The timing of these matches are still stilly because I think this clocked in at two and a half minutes. And again, it's a championship change. You can give it some time. And the story here was that Nikki Ash was getting her ass whipped and she kept trying to tag in Rhea Ripley. But Natalia and Tamina, what's that? Hey, there's nobody mean here. Kept putting her off the apron or basically stopping her from making the tag. So you were like, oh no, what's going to happen? It eventually led to Ripley getting really pissed off. So she just dove at Tamina on the outside of the ring. But that confused Natalia because he was like, should I go for the sharpshooter or should I just stare over there? I know which one I would have picked. But that allowed Nikki to hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment and get the one, two, three with the surprise roll up and indeed win the belt. This was nice though. And as you do know, we've been celebrating nice moments recently. So I had no problem with this. I mean, we probably could have allowed the celebration to be a bit more fabu, but who the hell cares? Once again, I enjoyed it. It also means when we asked the question, was Tamina Mina, that she absolutely was not to bring down that board. Why the hell we have it, I don't know. But also, and this is a rarity, we can ask the question, hey Tamina, are you a champion anymore? And she'd have to turn around and go, Tamina, nah. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. Alexa's playground with Charlotte Flair was next. And I'm sure beforehand you were like me, you're like, oh man, this is gonna be absolutely insufferable. Well, we were all wrong. We're all assholes. I actually really liked it. Up. We did start off talking about the dolls, which I could have done without. But when we got into the meat and bones, this was a little bit inside a baseball. And I thought it was pretty good. Cause Charlotte was like, man, what happened to the old Alexa Bliss? And I know we haven't crossed paths too much cause you've been on Raw and I've been on SmackDown or vice versa. But look at you, you are barely the champion you once were and now it's affecting me I have gone to main eventing WrestleMania 35 to fighting with a child she's right Liz then used that always smart line that while Charlotte goes around saying I've won more women's championships than anyone it also means that she's lost more women's championships than everyone and really when she doesn't have a belt around her waist 
She doesn't know who the hell she is, and as ever, maybe borrowing somebody else's material, wink wink. Flair fired back though by saying, oh, you're calling me unoriginal, because of course she was saying you just copied Bray Wyatt. And this is when I was really into this, because surprise, surprise, it felt real, and we weren't focusing on Hocus Pocus. Bliss finished it off by calling Charlotte a bitch, because that's what we always do to make sure that things feel like it's super duper serious, and we're about to go up to the next level. And then they had a brawl, but it ended with Alexa hitting the tornado DDT, and Charlotte running away, and now I am more interested in that match. Give it a couple of thumbs. Before all that too, Charlotte had ripped the head off the Charlie doll that she was gonna do the same to Lily, which drove her crazy. This probably is gonna tie in at Extreme Rules. As always, I shall wait and see. We had all the 24-7 title stuff next. Drake Maverick was saying to Tozawa and R-Truth, hey, why don't we catch Reggie in a net and then maybe we can become the champ? And then they tried and they accidentally caught Drew Gallag instead. Shrug man emoji. That's all I've got. Shrug man emoji. What a few weeks it's been for Jeff Hardy too. Because if you go back a few, he was in the geek pack who were fighting for this 24-7 title. And now all of a sudden, he's fighting Sheamus to see if he's going to be part of the United States Championship match at the weekend. Wonders never cease. But it was indeed Sheamus versus Hardy to decide this, and it's almost like if WWE had planned these things out in advance, it would have been much better. And we had Damian Priest on commentary, who was just being cool as a cucumber, going, man, I don't care who I have to fight, because at the end of the day, I'm still gonna be the champ. The real joy of this was the shock factor, though, because I was convinced, like the idiot that I am, that of course Sheamus will win, and this is just a way to get through another week before we do indeed get to Extreme Rules. But no! After Jeff Hardy had gone for the senton bomb and just absolutely mullered himself on Sheamus' knees, he was still able to reverse a bunch of stuff and hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And now, yeah, in a few days, it's Damian Priest versus Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy for the US title. I mean, this stuff's just crazy. Sheamus' nose was just busted open afterwards and it looked really bad, so I don't think that mask is happening at all. But when this did go down, I actually went, whoa, like I was in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So I am going to give it an up for WWE. Don't pretend that I didn't see you did two surprise roll-ups on this show. You lucky you pulled it out the bag. Don't do it again. It was then time for our main event, and I was properly flabbergasted that we hadn't advertised this beforehand. I understand it would have ruined the bloodline versus the New Day, but sometimes you just got to do what's best for business. But once again, I have to care about this. And this must have been the best main event on Raw for some time. Is getting it up. I mean, it really had that big fight feel, which made it feel so special. In the early going, Roman was like, well, I'm not going to get in the ring. I know Big E hates Bobby Lashley. I know Bobby Lashley hates Big E. So they can fight. And when I'm ready, only then shall I enter exactly what he did. They were then just pummeling each other and we got that always appreciated Tower of Doom spot. And honestly, I think we take that for granted sometimes. It's a terrifying thing to do. And then sadly for Big E, he found himself outside the ring and Bobby Lashley slammed him through the barricade again. So you know what this means? When we get to the pay-per-view after Extreme Rules, we're going to have to do Big E versus the security rail. Lashley was then manhandling Roman, which was also cool because you don't see that very often. Before long, Big E was back in there and he gave both these guys a double splash. I've said it before, I say it again, I really like Big E. We then got near falls as everybody almost won the match and that was truly important because now whatever we're going to do next, somebody can come out and say, well, actually, I would have been the victor there, but the other guy screwed me over. I think at one point Big E got put through another announce table because that poor man was having a terrible evening. But then we cut back to the ring and both Roman and Bobby were going for like double spears. But Bobby Lashley got there first and then Big E broke it up. 
This was so much fun. And then almost broke down as a human being because Bobby got so pissed off, he got a chair and started to smack away at Big E. But then I remembered, oh wait, no, it doesn't matter. WWE doesn't do disqualifications in triple threat matches, so we can continue. Unfortunately for Lashley, he is so annoyed and he's just lost sight of everything because he was just going hit, 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 hit. Roman was like, all right, well, you're not going to look at me. I'm going to run in. I'm going to give you a spear. And he got the win. And look, sure, you can sit there and go, well, I think Big E should have had his hand raised. But again, there were plenty of times in this when he could have won. And more importantly than all of that, he didn't lose. I'm not going to lie, the tiniest part of me, this part here was like, oh man, they're going to do it. But they didn't. This was a really good Raw. It kind of came out of nowhere. I don't know if we're hot shotting or not, but I don't give a damn. Like I say, keep the level up to this level. It's the stupidest thing I've ever said in my entire life. And I bet a bunch of people will slowly become back on board. It just takes time, but overall, it's getting a very easy up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.